podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with The Athletic. We've been partnering with them all year. Uh, whilst everything's going on, we might have a little chat about Manchester City at some point during this show. Uh, but there's lots of fantastic stuff on The Athletic from a number of different perspectives that you can read. Uh, it is theathletic.co.uk forward slash The Anfield Wrap to take advantage of reductions and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, but we're here to talk primarily about Liverpool's 1-0 victory at Carrow Road. Uh, joining me as Siobhan began, uh, Stephen Evans and Paddy Fitzsimons. Uh, Siobhan is due on Thursday, which gives this uh, episode of The Anfield Wrap a certain fraught sense of danger. keep it calm, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah, I like I'm enjoying I mean, the three days off that I've got planned this week. So. I, I, I'm just banging into the idea that you never know. I mean, I'd love, absolutely love to see Steve-O perform an emergency <laughs> birth uh, procedure. Fuad upstairs getting towels and hot water. I think pa- I'll probably just get off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All going up. For your, for your benefit rather than mine. <laughs> yeah, it would all be going off. Uh, but yes, uh, it will be uh, terrific when it happens, but it won't happen right now. And we'll move forward and talk about uh, Liverpool's win at Norwich Siobhan. And I think the first thing to take from it is just, firstly, we need to remember, and I think this is massive, this, where Norwich's biggest game uh, from now to the end yeah. of the season, you think they're probably going to go down. And the, you know, half five Saturday, the weather, the way in which it was, it's a cup final for Norwich, but it's a cup final for Liverpool as well. That's what this team's done brilliantly. They are living the value of 38 cup finals and they just know eventually they're going to score a goal and they're going to win the game. And it's so impressive. It is. The, the most impressive thing is that there's just absolutely no panic whatsoever. I think the the biggest takeaway is the one and that's that. That's all that matters in the end. But what when you when you reflect on it and when you get over, you know, what was quite frustrating maybe in the moment, you just reflect on how calm and how collectors and how the people weren't doing stupid things to try and force a goal which you would have maybe wanted them to do almost in a way you just like just just do something but they just kept it calm kept it cool um not to get too heavy into weather chat but i can't imagine that helped um but the, and i don't like talk about mentality too much because i do think that um we probably all spoke about it enough maybe but um it, it definitely came through loud and clear yesterday, that strong mentality being the overriding kind of impressiveness. The the patience is, I think, massive, Steve. I, I, it's, you know, I mean, maybe it helps. Obviously, the league picture helps. They've got so much shared experience. But you're still playing a game of football. The weather's still up. The crowd's still up. They're still running at you. They're still doing what they're doing. And Liverpool just back themselves, mm. back themselves and back themselves. And there's points in the second half where the line from Gomez and Van Dijk is the edge of their, the centre yeah. circle in their half. Mm. And that's how camp, but Liverpool even then, we still don't force it, we still wait mm. and we still get our goal. I think it's one thing that's changed this season more than more than well, previous season, I think, is our patience just to keep keep doing what we're doing. Um, in the past, sometimes we, we, we kind of lose that and, and try something that maybe tries to force the play a little bit and then... And then we and lose control of the game, lose control of the football. But you know, but the way we just keep prodding and, and probing, and and just just complete faith in what you're doing, that eventually will bring about results. And um, you know, this this team has done that yesterday and done it all season, and that's why we're we're sitting where we are at the top of the league. It's it's one where again, I've seen Liverpool sides in the past, Paddy. The, something like the Kaita chance would become the Kaita chance not far off that then uh, Salah has a decent opportunity around sort of five six minutes later it would have been oh, what are we going to do uh, you know or oh no it's not going to come and that's not just does not happen with this side at any stage for me it's a remarkable thing they just never ever ever go oh well it's all going to be a little it's going to be they never accept it's one of those days it's never one of those days it's always Liverpool's day yeah, it's always Liverpool's day, and it's Liverpool's day because of the belief the players have in what they're doing. Mm. I think, um, listening to the commentary, Carragher was making a lot early on and, and through the game about the way Liverpool were playing and how we didn't adapt to the conditions, and Liverpool persisted in playing a long ball over the top, as we tend to in a lot of games. And I think, despite the weather, Liverpool seemed to back themselves and thought, you know, this is, this is our way of doing things and this is what works for us. And despite the weather or how deep the airline is, we're still going to do it. And ultimately it pays off because that's where our goal comes from. It, it, it's persistence in in what we're doing and, and it's a great ball from Henderson and then we can talk about the Marnie finish later, but it, it's absolutely brilliant. And th- that's the thing with this Liverpool team now, it's there's no, no matter what happens in the game, like like you referenced the Kaiser chance, there's never there's never a, a thing of, oh, let's slump into it, it's going to be one of them days and, and, and it's not our day for us. It's it's no matter, and, and, and a draw would have been fine yesterday, a, a defeat would have been fine yesterday if you look at the maths, but this Liverpool team will not accept that at all and no. even though it would have been fine mathematically and we're still, we're still going to go on and win the league, whatever would happen yesterday, 
it was almost like they didn't even want to give Norwich that satisfaction of getting a big one over us and it being Saturday night and, and the whole country watching and, and you know the way the media is and social media and things like that this Liverpool team just, just ignores her and, and then just goes it's like the, the programmed in their own heads that we're going to win every game now mm-hmm. what, what, whether, no matter what competition it's going to be in we're going to win all our games now because that's what we do it's one I'll go back to it, Paddy, where you say in the first half, for instance, they, they, they are just trying to get in behind. But one of the things that they do when they do that, and it's it's funny because it looks a little ugly at times. And I can understand how, for instance, if you're if, if you're doing punditry during the game, you might say, you know, it's another one that's gone to touch. But what it does is it puts doubt in their minds. And they're thinking we've got to drop another couple of yards here because if they get it right, yeah. then someone like Salah's in. If they get it right, Oxley Chamberlain's in or then Manny's in. If they get it right, and all of a sudden I think that just impacts games so much because if you're not scared of Mohammed. Sally, you've not been paying attention. Yeah, I mean, it, the ball that they were trying a lot first half, it, it, it's a ball that we played a lot this season. I reference something like the Chamberlain goal all the way to Bournemouth, where Henderson gets his head up from deep in his own half and plays that ball right over the top, and Chamberlain scores. And I think it, it we've mastered this way of breaking teams down when they sit deep, but also, I mean, when Carragher was referencing in the first half, I understand why and things, but I almost thought it, it, it was a bit of both. It was Liverpool backing themselves and saying this is our way of playing, but it was also. It was almost like Liverpool recognised the conditions and thought, these aren't great in defence. If we keep playing this ball over the top, panic is going to set in because as much as it's hard for us to maybe control things and, and, and control the movements of the ball, we've got better players. So I add back Roberto Firmino to bring down a ball that's getting travelled in the wind and Grant Hanley, for example, and, and there was that chance first after. I mean, Firmino does brilliantly and brings it down, but mm. there's, there is an argument that with the better defence and better conditions, one of their lads should just get their head on that and, and get it away from the box. He, should, he shouldn't be able to bring that down, turn and make contact with the ball. It ultimately gets blocked, but I almost think it was it was clever from Liverpool to go, we'll, we'll just use this to our strength. We, we can't do anything about these conditions. We'll play to them. We'll keep playing our game. And, and we'll get a chance from it. There's been a couple of games recently. Uh, Burnley at home towards the back end of last season. Uh, Watford at home in December, where at Anfield you've seen the wind play a major mm-hmm. part, Steve. And one of the things you saw from that was Liverpool would say, as Paddy's just said, well, we'll we'll back the fact that we've got the better footballers. Mm-hmm. We'll make it chaotic. We'll make it difficult to know where the ball's going to be. You know what's going to happen? Our lads will win it, or they'll get it under, or they'll do. And it's it's interesting, as I say, because I can understand that. You know, you want to see Saturday night. You want to see. Beautiful football, through balls, lads getting on it. Some of what Naby Keita brings in general, it's fair to say, throughout the game. But what actually does work a lot of the time is, and it shouldn't be, you know, these are not ALOS footballers, but it's really interesting that actually Liverpool are better equipped for those conditions than the sides who are at the bottom of the table, like Watford, like Mm. Burnley, like Norwich, because this front three, all of a fight, and they've got brilliant technique. Very much, uh, you know. You've got to remember when the conditions are as bad as they are, that both teams have got to play in it. You know, it's not. It's not. It's got no battle last for them. With balls coming over the top of them, thinking, is that going to carry? Is it not going to carry? Uh, also, you get the second balls as well, which I think was something we are very good at picking up the second balls when, when you know, it's a mistake from one of their defenders, or he just manages to get a toe on it. Uh, you know, the second balls is always good from that. Like it's always a press from one of our, our, our midfield three. Um, but but you know, it's. It's just, it's just the, the pressure. As long as you keep that pressure on, you keep, keep. Eventually, there will be a chance that comes your way and a mistake made. Um, you know, I said if the, if the elements play a part in that, then then that's you know down to down to lockdown to whatever. But it's it, as I said, both teams have got to got to manage and cope with them them, uh, them wins and the, and, the, and the weather conditions uh, in their own way. As the game wears on, uh, Siobhan, as we get into that second half period, the other thing that Liverpool do when the wind's actually then in their face is, yeah. and again, you think it should be the other way around. Suddenly they've got the wind to their backs, Liverpool should be dropping off. Yeah. And instead, they're so brave second half, that line goes right the way up. The full backs are almost playing in, in like wingers. Like, yeah. uh, it, Liverpool like bulldozers, just, they? Well, across the whole team, it's like bulldozers. Yeah. We're going to play this game where we want. Yeah, I thought that um, particularly, you saw the change in, I think it was, probably Henderson in the most part for the first part of the second half. He was just so determined to be the the kind of ball carrier. But yeah, in general, across the board, they were just also much more determined because I suppose physically the conditions kind of demanded that of them, didn't they? Um, but as as Steve said, you know, both teams have got to play in it. It's absolutely not a battle of laughs. But... Yeah, then you see the goal and you're like, that's completely conditioned of defying. So how has he possibly managed to make the physical mechanics of that work when it's pouring down with rain and the winds is God knows what? Yeah, um, the determination to 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 not be bothered by the winds was was massive there. I think another big 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 asset of this side is that I mean, we I've listened to shows in the past years gone by when things haven't been going so great and, and people spoke about we don't know what a Liverpool goal looks like. And 
when we're attacking sides, we're not breaking them down because we don't have a way of scoring. I, I think to this team's credit, I couldn't tell you what a Liverpool goal essentially looks like in this team because they can score all kinds of goals. Doesn't matter what the conditions like Neil mentioned before about whether it being Saturday night, pundits and people watching might think, oh, we want to see some nice, pretty football and that. This Liverpool side could do that if they want to do, but, but they're brave enough and they know enough about themselves and enough about the teams they're playing to where they've decided this and this, this 10 or more sides in this league where they're going to go out set on defending a pretty Liverpool goal where we pass it round and we try and stretch them and, and Liverpool can go, all right, well, today we'll, we'll try this ball over the top, today we'll do this and that. And the punditry makes it seem so reductive. Yeah, from when when you listen to it, it's like oh, another long ball goes astray, yeah, yeah. like you said before. You know, like they know full well what they're coming up against if they try and do something more yeah. intricate, particularly with a team like Norwich, and particularly in those conditions. You know, it's it's so much more intelligent to do something that's probably a bit more foolproof in that sense. It was almost like Steve when you actually froze that second half. Norwich had, a, had the two centre halves, and then they almost had a line of six yeah. going across the pitch. The two full backs can't well dropping in. Uh, on one side, especially uh, to support Lewis uh, mm-hmm. as Trent pushes on more and more. Uh, then the holding midfielders, the lad who's theoretically meant to play number tens, dripped right, dropped right the way back there mm-hmm. as well. The other, uh, the other full back, and it's just this line of. Oh, that's what they were, and, and and Liverpool break that line. I mean, there's a couple of brilliant moments from mm-hmm. Naby Keita through the game, but it is well, we're gonna find we're gonna find the tool eventually. There's the brilliant Damien Cavana line that Liverpool are like a Swiss Army knife. There's something in here <laughs> yeah. somewhere that yeah. will do the job, and that's what you get to see. I think. I think so. You, know, you, you reference Naby Keita there. I thought he, he brings. I think he brings something completely different from our any other one midfielders. Really, the way the fact that he can he can move forward with the ball, he looks his first like, idea as head when he gets the ball is to carry it forward ten, five or ten yards, whereas other. Other midfielders that we have in there will usually just to get it and just to keep recycling the ball, pass it along. Uh, but Naby does something a bit different. Uh, Naby does something sort of different thing for us in there. And he, you know, he, he was there. He never quite, never quite come off for him a few times. Yesterday was a, a couple of like final balls. I thought that was you know, could have been a little bit better, but by and large, I thought he was excellent all the game. Um, and he definitely would give us that something a bit different that we've had haven't had in the past to sort of break that down. But you know, not, not really, as you say, we're, we're just all camped on the end of the box in the second half, and it was uh, it was just a barrage really. The, the, the possession stats must have been ridiculous. Second half, I can't remember what they were, but um, you know, the, the one or two times he did manage to get out which is which is kind of what we wanted to see really for, for us because that's obviously you know, you know we're leaving spaces behind them to try and to try and counter attack for us but by and large it was really tough for us to, uh, to break them down but just managed to do so I think to Liverpool's credit as well I think not not that it was an intimidating atmosphere like per se but it was it was definitely a good atmosphere and they were up for and it was, and it was the biggest game they've left as, as, as we've mentioned before and I think we spoke about patience before and to Liverpool's credit Despite them having eleven men behind the ball constantly every time, every time we attacked and like t- tough lines to break through, and never ever frustrated Liverpool and never got the better of them. And, and you, you, you talk about things like the Naby Keita chance, all these things are things that could play into Norwich's hands in the sense that as soon as he saved that one, I thought, oh, that's gonna that's gonna get their crowd up even more, and it's gonna give them another excuse to be loud and get in their own heads. That right, we're, we're, we're the, yeah, yeah, we're the side that's getting the shut out. You know, their supporters are gonna think, right, we can do this now. That yeah. that's the best chance they're gonna get all day. We're gonna be the side that gets to, gets a, gets a draw off them. And Liverpool just ignored all that and just thought we're just gonna keep playing. We'll break your lines at some point, and then we'll eventually score the goal. Um, the defining moment of the first half, uh, for all of the talk of Liverpool's excellence, is the goalkeeper. Uh, they get in now. I still reckon. Uh, uh, Almost, and this almost ruins it in a sense. I reckon that if that went back to VAR, they would find the lad just offside. I know, yeah. I know, but, but, but Alison <laughs> doesn't know that as he slaps the ball contemptuously into the path of one of his Between own players. Four legs. Mm-hmm. He just manages to just get a casual little cat onto it and not look one bit bothered. I was saying at the time, and when you watch it back, you know it was probably a little bit more routine than I was giving him. Not routine, but routine for him than you're giving him credit for but I was just turned to me going well, that's the best thing I've ever seen it's just the best thing I've ever seen and it, it, it's helpful that it's from him and he's you know he's him but and I, I mean like, it, I think it all is part of all of it is the look it's that the, he, it's he's, the windswept he's, and he's just oh, beautiful God. human being head to foot in black he's yeah. honestly Siobhan how could anyone it's ever like, score a goal past him it yeah. looks impossible yeah. it's like it's like he's some sort of superhero nemesis and about midway through the first half, someone's put a call in to say, we're going to need you to come here. And he's just gravitated in and then just gone with his le- with his hands and with his right hands. And the angle you see it from on the telly, you just, you, at, at no point, it, it, you're kind of halfway between resigned that it's going to be a goal and known full well that it's going to be fine. So you're not really, not not not, not bothered, but you, you're not worried, you're not panicked either way. And then he just casually just extends his little arm and just goes, not his little arm, but his big arm, and just arm. knocks it out the way as if, that's yep. just what he does. 
he's a phen- I was he's blown a, over. He's an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal for me. I think he's um, he's the best I've seen play for us. Um, I think he, he needs to if he maintains this for the next two three seasons, you're talking about the best ever probably in the Premier League. Um, he makes so many of so many hard things look simple, uh, which is yeah. it's, you know he's. he's his movements over like three or four yards. His feet are so quick. His positional play is is unbelievable. I mean, I played I played a keeper, you know, county level when I was younger and stuff, and I had quite a lot of keeper coaching and stuff. And he, you know, whoever's whoever, he must be a dream to work with him because he just makes the event look so good and so easy. Good with both feet. He, he can just like having a, a third third centre half in between Gomez and and, and um and Van Dijk at times, and you know, just just as an important sign as, as we've ever made as Van Dijk and all that. I think he's just as, as important as anyone. It's the save's just incredible, Paddy. In that moment, it's it's the sort of thing that all everyone who's watching that this is back to the Saturday afternoon. There's not been many games at Saturday night. It's half five. It's going to be the thing on match of the day, etc., etc. It is. It's just breathtaking what he does. It's the equivalent of someone banging it in from thirty-five yards or going around five and netting. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. And I think I think I think part of it, and it's to his credit as well, is that I think he's in the lad's head. As soon as the lad knows he's in, sees Allison, he's in his head, and he thinks. I've got to do something other than shoot here, but also, like, for a couple of weeks now, I think it was something my brother mentioned to me about, I don't know if anyone else thinks there's something in the tights. You mentioned before, he's this big, like, wall of black, but I, I don't know if it's, Klopp's very big on little small margins and fine margins and things, and, like, for a while now, he's wore them black tights underneath his shorts, and I wonder if it's something to do with, do you remember when Klopp first came and he changed the nets from red to white and said, this is mad that they've got red nets, because if a player is shooting, and the crowd that were all wearing red behind. How is she supposed to see little things like that? And like you, white is there to stand out. And I, I wonder if it's little things like, are they making them wear tights that matches kits so that players can't get the slightest angle? Do you know what I mean? Naturally, as a, as an attacker going forward in a tight space like that, where you've brought it down, the keeper's running out. You might look to put it through his legs or put it to the side. If all you see is this in, wall, this wall, yeah. Where, where are you going to put it? And I think, I think part of it's why it makes the lad's decision for him to pass it to the lad or whether he take it round or whatever. And I think. I think, but it's all, but it's all to Allison just being absolutely brilliant. Because I think he thinks as soon as that lad brings it down, I don't, I don't think he's going to shoot here. So we anticipate to get his body in the right position as well. And I think, I was thought, you look at Brazilian Ronaldo, and there's always that mad stat about how many goals he scores, taking around the goalkeeper, and that is a skill as a centre forward. That that that's brilliant to, to do that. But it's a skill to master because goalkeepers sort of can't do anything about it. N- not everyone's got that ability to take a ball around the goalkeeper and slot it. But once you master it, it's it. It's an art because keepers can't do much about it. And then he comes along and I've never seen anyone stop so many chances like that. Is the, is the, the Lingard one last season where yeah. you think, oh, it's going to be a goal and it takes it around them. Because keepers are helpless in that situation. They're there because they're the last line of defence. And if the lad just runs around them with the ball, what can you do? And then it's an open goal. But somehow he just manages to claw these things back and, and stop them from going in. And he's unbelievable. I think you look at it the way it plays out. It's almost like the lad's running through, Steve, mm. and he looks at who it is. And it is like he almost goes, well, where's my boss finisher? Yeah. Because I need to get, I need to, Pookie, he could have scored him. Where's Pookie? And it's almost yeah. like he's just, he's almost crying out going, can I, can Pookie do this instead of me? Mm. And that's mad because this is a professional footballer who's, I'm sure, in training, growing up, he'll have been the best player in the school, the best player in his county, the best, whatever, whatever country he's come from, he'll have been the best player. Yeah. And all of a sudden there, he's like, don't feel like the best player anymore. You know, that's yeah. the, there's got to be another one. Have there's you gotta seen be, him? Yeah. There's got to be another one where, and he's almost like crying out, where is Pookie? Can yeah. Pookie just do this for me? It, it must be it must be mad. It, it, like a keeper must be in that good that they're in someone's head before they've even like sort of as they're going through going. It's Allison is. I'm not going to score here. You know. I mean, Schmeichel had that. I think he's probably the only one I can say he had yeah. that sort of imposing fear of when he's running towards attack, running towards attack. He used to make himself so big and he used to wear all these massive bright clothes. Schmeichel to try and anything to get inside the strike his head, and he did. And I think Allison's at them levels now. It's uh, you know he was out as I said before. His movements of his feet, his pace over five yards is that good. He he, he gets himself. Right in front of, of of the attackers, so quickly that he doesn't have time to think. And he goes, "Oh shit!" And then he just lays it off to his left, and, and all of a sudden the, the chance is gone. And it's uh, so it's so agile, so quick. He, you know, he's fantastic. Um, moving on, uh, Liverpool get in a half time. They change it, Paddy. Um, he goes, he brings Kaiser to the other side. Uh, moves uh, Wijnaldum into the more, into the middle of the park and moves Henderson out to the right. So it's in part, I think, because he knows what he's going to do on the hour mark mm. with Fabinho. He's almost getting them ready for the thing that's going to come next. Uh, and he also knows he's going to bring Mane on, I suspect. But it's really interesting to me because it was, you spend a couple of minutes just wondering, is this just the way the play's broken the ends up over there? But no, he changed it completely, changed the complete shape of that midfield. Yeah, I, th- I think 
I'm glad you picked up on as well because I think with them substitutes again, it was it was made out as if it was a Liverpool and panic stations and bringing on two substitutions at once. But I think especially with the game on Tuesday, I think I think they were pre-planned them. I think if it would have been three 0 up at half time, I think Fabinho and um, Mane would have come on with 20, 25, 20 to go, whenever it was. Um, and, and I think you're right in preparation for that. I think you might have looked at the first half and thought, when we break or when we turn the play over quickly, there's a lot of space. Mm. And Henderson was seeing a lot of the ball first half, and I think he might have thought to himself, I'm, in, I'm anticipating these substitutions that I'm going to make, but I also want him further up the pitch in more dangerous areas. And I think that, that, that's what he's done. And I think there was, there was a couple of moments where we worked it well, especially in them areas where it's a full-back and one of the wide midfielders, whether it be Kyson and Robertson second half, um, or Henderson and Trent and Salah, where you work it well and you get into the box. And the only thing that let us down up until the goal and was... The decisions in the final third at the, at the last minute, but I think he's had a, he's had a look at that and thought if I get if I switch Kaiser to one side, get Henderson ready on that side, we can have a lot more chances. It's one where Siobhan again it, it shows the thought in all of this, and he says yeah. afterwards, I says after the game that he was the coming back from injury, the two of them, he doesn't necessarily want them to have to have two big games in a week. He trusts the players around him. All of that said, I think the change in midfield at half time and then the introduction of Mane do just adds Liverpool's spring. Mane comes on the pitch and it's like his strides twice as long as everybody else's. Uh, He's just absolutely everywhere. He just he, exactly what you said there about his stride being so I, he just he just seems to make up so much more ground than anyone else on the pitch. And that's not to say anyone else was doing particularly badly because they weren't. As Paddy just said, it was that final third, that kind of like last ball that was that was what was going wrong, not the one that came before it. But um and I thought Fabinho, while he um it, it's great that he's come on and all that, I thought he was maybe a a little bit too cautious when he was, you know, first on the pitch, more kinds of passing it sideways, passing it backwards. But then he, as he grew into the game, he was more kind of brave coming forward. But Manny was just something else. He just knew the pace was changed straight away. I, when he came on, I just turned around and went, playing a bit now, aren't we? Playing a bit now. Because it just seemed that it was so much more um, purposeful. I think he... I like Oxley Chamberlain, and I think we've got to be careful at yeah. times, stay not to you know not to overstate one thing. But Marnie's a forward, and Oxley Chamberlain's a midfielder playing there, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the, that's one of the things that you just see is the difference. I think so. I mean, Oxley Chamberlain's always made made a kind of publicly known that he wants to play midfield. He, he doesn't particularly like playing out on them front. Anyway, he'll always do the job. He'll, whatever he's told by the manager, he's, when he gets a shirt, he's always going to try his hardest. But you can see that. He, the, the balance isn't quite the same with Oxley Chamberlain there for me. When you've got Salah one side and Manny on the other side, it, it, it stretches the, the pitch a lot yeah. more, makes it a lot bigger, gives us a bit more space to exploit. Um, but I think he did okay, Oxley Chamberlain, but he, his numbers are good goals wise and stuff like that. But he definitely want, he definitely prefers be, being further back. And obviously, you saw that when the change made yesterday, just complete the balance of that side. But he brings the best out in Robinson for me as well. Um, Manny, when he comes on, he's, Robinson looked a, a so much so dangerous. Second half, I thought he had an excellent game. Uh, but obviously, when Manny comes on, um, when a player of his, his his caliber comes off the bench, you know you're gonna you're gonna improve your chances of winning the game. And obviously, he was the uh, he was the winner. At the end. Them two are perfectly in sync, aren't they, Manny and Robertson? Yeah, it's like, so much. What, almost interchangeable. A, a, yeah. A yeah. Of that second half. Yeah. When uh, when you watch them together, or or when you watch Robertson, for example, when when Manny's not there, mm-hmm. I think it's, it takes to. It takes it to very late in the first half before he gets a one-two off Chamberlain, and, that, and that's not knocking Chamberlain at all. No. I think it's a little back heel, and he gets in and pulls it back, and Salah's going to get on it, but he block it. But I think them two know each other inside, even even to the point where they know when one of them's going to go and one of them's going to stay. So there's, there's times when we're breaking on them, and you think Robertson's going to overlap here, and yeah, yeah, and you're waiting for, you're waiting for it, and the man he'll hold on to it, and it's just a case of them playing their one-two with Firmino, and then the overlap mm-hmm. comes, and it's if these things that they must work on in training to just know from each other's body movements or little signals and when mm-hmm. when they're going to play and I think that that's such a threat for us and I think bringing Mane on in that type of game it's because of how direct he is it was perfect for him because not this not as played well and he did sit back at, but there's also times where there wasn't half a lot of space and without knocking them you can you can see why they are where they are on the table because they will break on you, but they also will. And, and when they do that, they leave a lot of gaps. Mm. And, it, and I think it was a game like that where it was crying out for Mane to just get the ball, yeah. carry it, carry it, wait for the overlap of Robertson, or just keep going into the box. And always, he's always an out ball as well. He can hold it up as you've seen in the goal. And it's a great goal. Yeah, oh, it, it's, a, it's, it's a it's an unbelievable strike. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. And you think, I mean, the ball from Henderson's great, but if you just I don't know, do a freeze frame or a still frame with that as it's coming over and said like, how does he score this goal? Like you wouldn't have any idea how he does it, and it's. It's it's so much skill. It's it's the awareness of what's around him. So the only way he can control that and get a shot off is if he goes that side. But bear in mind that side is weaker foot. I mean, 
there's an argument that hasn't really got a week of football that, that's still going to play on your mind that I've got to get a shot off here on me week of football again he backs himself to the point where he goes well I'll just take it that side and get the shot off it's the touch as well it's not just it's not just the knowledge to know listen I've got to go that side it's actually bring it down with players around them not of their lads read the touch the, the, when VAR looked at it and, and, and we're looking for that foul it wasn't it was never a foul and, and the lad's just off balance and he's off balance one because he's watching a travelling ball coming over and he's just got caught underneath it and, and, and also he's trying to keep up with Mane's movements as that ball's coming over he's got to keep an eye on the ball but as well as the man you can't be caught ball watching I think mm. and then once he brings it down the skill to know that lad, that lad's coming over the other side of him goal side and he's got to get the shots off so quick and and, and the power he generates on that and the half is just absolutely brilliant mm. I think their lads was as confused as the rest of us yeah. as to how it was getting scored. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's one where the camera can't keep up with the strike. Uh, mm. You know that's one of the I want to think I loved about just watching it back. The camera just can't keep up. It's yeah. it's you know what to watch it on television, uh, and even when you're watching it in real time as it's unfolding on television, it's like oh it's in. Mm. Uh, it's because it's, 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 it's. I just, thought it'd gone wide. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. It, it, it did. It all happened so fast, didn't it? Um, uh, yeah, we, as we we tried that ball over the top numerous times and. There was maybe a little bit of frustration with keeping him, but uh, you know it's an outrageous touch. But the, the, the amount of time he's got to adjust his body um, when he gets himself a little bit of space, but to bring it down, um, I, I'm a pad. I don't think it's, it's enough for a foul on, on the Norwich lad. I know there was a couple of a VAR check on it, but he's kind of slips his arm up his up his own arm. Really, you know what I mean, it wasn't no no force and a push. Uh, but you know, to t- I mean, to turn the touch and the turn for the shot fans. I mean, Firmino did something sort of similar first half, which would have been just as outrageous. Yeah. That it was such a lovely touch, and unfortunately got blocked off. But uh, you know, we, we've seen it before. From many of these these balls that come over his head and the touch, similar to Bayern Munich away. When he, that touch was never gets enough praise for me. How good that touch is for that goal either. So uh, this this was very similar for me. It's one of them shots where how many times you've seen someone? I mean, might not have done as, as good as a touch that, but like hit the side net and everyone thinks it's in because it's just it's it's an angle like that where it's that much of an impossible angle there, that there was no way I'll, to I'll, there. yeah I'll just squeeze in the corner like that and, and you make a, make a case that the keeper should have his near post covered but mm. the speed at which it's and the power he generates is just it's one of them things that I mean when it first went in I, I just immediately thought someone might have gone and nestled mm. the side net and that and people think it but I, I always managed to squeeze it and it, it's what it's, it's the thing as well about we've got all, we've got tons and tons of great footballers I play for as every 11 on the pitch are brilliant whoever that may be, but you sort of think sometimes when he does something like that, he's the only one on the pitch you could have done mm. that. Expect With the ball, I mean, I know Firmino has a similar one, but that's going straight direct towards yeah. the goal and to spin like that in his movements and and then, and then to, and to score a goal like that with his weaker foot is one of those moments where you just, you really do appreciate him and it's easy to, with given how many good footballers we've got for him to just get caught up in it, but he's, he's the one for me out of the front here that stands out and you go like, all great Liverpool sides that we've seen, especially in my lifetime, he's the one where you think like, Oh eight oh nine, we were crying out for a man. Sometimes you know when yeah. the teams just sat deep or whatever, just just that out ball. Like yeah, Torres was great, and Torres and Torres had run the channels and that. But just a ball over the top with that sheer pace and quality as well. Or even, I mean, thirteen, fourteen, you could have done with a man. Yeah, there was there was draws in that, and I just think he's that good for us now. That I mean, you, you just you can't put a value on on his way to the side. Mm. Um, next one to have a chat about uh, is the you can't. And I, I'm, I'm struggling to sort of frame the sentence, really, because, Siobhan, you end up, you've talked so much about Van Dijk, but yesterday becomes this absolute masterclass from Van Dijk and Gomez in terms of second half, the idea of we will just push this high. But the reason why is because we know you can't beat us. We've almost decided you'd had your lucky one first half. That's yeah. not happening again. And I think it's just it, the sheer composure of it. And again, not dissimilar to Alisson, you get the impression now there's, there's footballers running at him going, well, what's the point of me trying this? Because I'm coming up against this fella. There's genuinely nothing else to add on it. I think, like... What what more can you possibly say? He, I think there was one where he was it in the first half where he yeah he fell asleep a little bit yeah just trying to and everyone's just like well he's not going to do that twice so the rest of the game's going to be absolutely fine that the mentality of I'm in his head so he's not going to even try and get past me and when he does watch what's going to happen when he tries it it's 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 insurmountable like and and the fact that Gomez is back to best and just as confident as Van Dijk as if not more sometimes with some of the, the things he you know he gets off um, there's, there's nothing else to add I, I, I couldn't better I couldn't say anything better there's not uh, Paddy they're not they're, no one's scoring and no one's even getting chances yeah. it's, it's been, that's, it's that's been, the one of the chances isn't it yeah. I was going to say that I thought that, that Pukki shot in the second half was dead funny like it, it doesn't get played in behind or anything but just gets played some towards the side as he's running towards goal in a bit of space and he's probably just outside the box and he sees Van Dijk who's Say one or two yards behind him, just following his run, and he and he and he shoots straight away, and it goes straight to Allison, and and 
and I think they said on commentary something like he just hasn't even thought about taking him on there. You know, you're not going to beat him for pace. You know, you're going to get around him. That's what he they're used to. Is yeah, he's, and he's he doing just, that or nothing? Yeah, it was like it was like a kid playing against like an adult and on like a yard or something. He thought I've got to get a shot off it as soon as possible because I'm, ne- I'm never going to get past him as well. I think on the point about like not conceding goals, I think. I think in the last 10 league games or something they've started together now since December it's, it's only one game they've conceded in and obviously that was one goal and it was him and Ez Wolves and that's just that's ridiculous I think we haven't conceded in the league with them two playing after the him and Ez one with Charleston in that derby and that feels like ages ago and think of the games we've played since then and then even the Club World Cup and things and like that feels like a lifetime ago and the fact that they haven't conceded goals it's just such a it's such a weapon to have like I, I remember I think with good defenders, you change your mindset. I remember years ago thinking, like, I think it was around the time we only had good attackers, and I used to think, I bought into this argument of, like, if you score 90 to 100 goals in a league season, you'd be there or thereabouts, and, like, that's all we need. And I remember 13, 14, it doing me head in that, like, people would go on about the defence and say, like, oh, that's why we've lost the league. And I'd be like, well, we've lost the league just because we haven't scored enough goals because there was games you drew. And, but now, when you, when you have good defenders and world-class ones and arguably the best ever in Van Dijk, you appreciate it's such a threat and a weapon to have the fact that you can go into a game and know you're not going to concede a goal because even yesterday you knew one goal was going to be enough because you knew they were never going to score and I think it's mm. another stat is something bad like out of like 12 of the last 25 games something like that we've won by one goal or something and, it, and it's that it's that weapon that we know well if we score we'll win because we're back these not to concede at all there's, there's something in it that you go back you look at the list of games last sort of 10 the 12-14 games in the league you maybe got Watford, um, uh, where they have a couple of chances. Watford, mm-hmm. to be fair, they managed to get get a couple of opportunities. The game after Watford's uh, Leicester in the in the league, uh, where Leicester can barely get near our goal all the way through the match. Spool forward, there's the late chance, a couple of chances for Tottenham. Mm-hmm. You know they're worth yeah. remembering. Uh, Wolves away, yeah, Wolves away do really really well against us, and and that's arguably the the the, the most stressed we've looked mm-hmm. as a defensive unit as Wolves away. This is. You know, in that time we've played everyone. You know, you played Wolves, you played Tottenham, you played Man United. It's Wolves twice. It's Leicester. They're good. Sheffield United. You know, they sit there fifth, sixth. No one can get past these two. No, they're um, they're just probably the best best partnership in Europe at the moment. But obviously, it's out all over the world. You know, it's it's great to see Gomez back as well. He, I don't think he gets as gets enough credit. Well, he schedules for me, but I think um, you know the fact that he's been outstanding since he's come back in is gone. Um, it's not unnoticed, but you know Van Dijk always gets the Lord of the best in the world. But I don't think for, for Gomez is far behind. You know, it's just they're just part of this fantastic football team. As an Paul Senior on the uh, on the post match show last from yesterday, he said you know you've got three of the best forwards in the world, and you've got these three lads who are going to leg it everywhere in midfield. You've got the two best centre halves with the two best full backs, and then the best keeper in the world. I mean, we're just we're beating teams before. Fly, we, isn't it? Yeah. Really? It's just, we're just it. beating teams before we get on the pitch. It's similar similar to like we said Alisson before. You know, a striker's got the ball, he's running towards Van Dijk. He goes, he was already thinking, I've got no chance here. By the way, I'm just gonna, what, what, I'm gonna get rid of it. Just get, just lay it off. I had to give us some else responsibility. But on your point as well, Neil, I think. If you stretch it back even further, there was there was times at the start of last season where we were talking about this these two together just before Gomez gets injured about them being you just can't you can't get past them. And I think if you look at their record in total, I mean it's ridiculous anyway. But there's so many goals that like you look back on and think like, but that wasn't even a real goal. Like if you look at Tottenham away last season at the start, they were two 0 up and they score last kick of the game there to be off a corner. So you can rule that out. That doesn't even count as a proper goal in a real game. There's that mad one, I think it was Cardiff at home last season when we went 4-1 mm-hmm. and they like just nicks in. Like, you're looking at that and think, well, that, that's hardly like a proper goal that we can see because we'd be comfortable in the game. And if, you, if, if them goals didn't happen, for example, it would be on the verge of ridiculous even if you look at the record now and it's absolutely phenomenal. And they'll have no consequence whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Goals are no consequence. And you just... I'm Joel Matip's biggest fan. I, I can't rave enough about how well he did when he came in last season. So when when he went out to the side this year, unfortunately with injury. But I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's a bond off the pitch that they've got or just Joe Gomez being absolutely brilliant and maybe better than Joel Matip. But whatever they've got going is 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 phenomenal. You can't see where it stops because they're, ne- they're never never in any real danger. Even Wolves, which was a, which was a tough game and things, and and they do score a really good goal, which teams are allowed to do. Teams are allowed to like set up a way of scoring a goal against us. There was never tons of chances in that. Tottenham away was, was a navy game, and, and and they had call it half chances, but we were never in re- any real danger there. There's times when the attack and Van Dijk puts in that big slide tackle on the edge of the box, which he very rarely has to do. So people make a lot of that. But I mean, if people are making a lot about him having to make a slide tackle, it shows how, how good they are. And how, how often <laughs> it's the audacity yeah, that he had to yeah. actually do that. So I, I think together, wash his kit that weekend. Yeah, exactly. Whatever, <laughs> whatever they've got going. I mean, keep it going because we're not conceding any goals. It's brilliant. <laughs> they've got. Challenges to come next, Siobhan. Um, obviously, 
disposed mm. of uh, Norwich there. There's, there's, the, it's interesting, as I said, that the manager says he didn't want Mane and Fabinho to both play. Uh, feels like they've got to play two games. I think I'd be absolutely amazed if Mane isn't starting against Atletico Madrid. Oh, God, yeah. We, all, we can all expe- expect that. What do you think he's doing with reference to the midfield? Because Keita's performance gives him, you know, his go-to midfield being Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Henderson. Keita's performance is noteworthy, I think, and he he, he likes to go to Keita. Oxlade-Chamberlain, to be fair, hasn't let him down. He's more of a midfielder there. There's going to be two sat on the bench, I think, against Atletico. We'll feel a bit hard done to, and I'm not quite sure who those two will be. I think that, yeah, you've got to throw Everton at this Atletico game, haven't you? So if it was me, I'd probably be keeping sticking with Kaiser because the little moments of magic that he did yesterday in those conditions against mm. Norwich are likely only going to be multiplied in a in in the situation of an Atletico game. Um, I'd probably be giving Ox a little rest now, Oxley Chamberlain a little rest now. I think um, maybe he has been an absolute. He's done nothing wrong, but maybe this is one of those where. It's just time for other players who are just going to do more right than not wrong to to really just go for it, especially mm. away and big tie like that. But mm. then there's no, do you know, it's, it's, that's an honourable so, question. There's no right answer or no wrong answer. So. Well, this, well, this is where we are. He does Genie on sixty, and when he did yeah. Genie on sixty, everyone went. So that means Genie's playing against mm. Atletico. Mm. But I sort of struggle about with that, a bit with no. that. Stay. I don't think that's necessarily as nailed on as it feels. But you would think that normally that's what he does. Mm. But I don't see Henderson not starting. I'd be amazed if Henderson doesn't start at Atletico. So then it becomes, well, is he going to go? Is he going to go with the midfield that started that game where he goes Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Kaita, or is it that it's going to be Fabinho to come back in? I mean, it is now. This is. I mean, this is what managers have to do. It's an embarrassment of riches. He's got himself yep. in this position. He's got them fit. I don't think it's easy for him though. And as I say, they'll be two sat on the bench feeling a bit hard mm. done to. I think it's Kate Rocks on the bench myself. I think he goes back to Fabinho, Henderson, and uh, Wijnaldum. I, back, back I just think he'll, he'll want to go there, not not get beat. Basically, if he go there, nick a goal, keep it tight. Um, you know, we know Atletico aren't going to aren't the most extravagant of teams. That they, they love a draw. They don't score too many, but they don't concede many either. So it's going to be a tight game. I think they'll, they'll, they'll look to strangle the life out of the game, uh, which is where we need to sort of have more ball control. Naby's always there on the bench. I think to, to come and pick a lock for, for the last twenty or thirty minutes, similar to Oxlade Chamberlain. But uh, I think Naby's you know really starting to show his worth now. But I, I just don't see him starting against Atletico for me. Didn't Atletico give away a lead twice this weekend? Yeah, against Valencia. Yeah, yeah. that finishes two two. I think they'll have that in mind. Yeah, I, th- I think I think on yeah on yesterday with the, on the Fabinho, I think I think it's I think Fabinho will start at Atletico mm-hmm. away, but I I, I, w- I wonder just if I mean I know Klopp's come out and said it was he's coming back from injuries, he doesn't need to play these kinds of intense games back to back. But I wonder if it's just a, more of a compliment to Henderson as well that since Henderson had to drop back into that position after when Fabinho got injured, that he sort of offered something different than he ever has before. I mean I know Henderson's played that position for years now and. I think I think it was Burnley away in sixteen seventeen. Henderson first plays that position as the six, and it was the, it was the game we lose with about eighty percent possession, and Henderson got slaughtered after. And things I remember Klopp saying, "Well, this is where he's playing now, and he'll get used to it." And and that, that's the position now. And, and ever since then, he made that position his own, and he got stick for it. But he was always doing what the manager told him. He was playing reverse balls, like blindside. He was doing everything he was told. And I thought he was great. There we got to a European Cup final with him as as the six, and obviously go up another level. Then with Fabinho coming in the following season, but. I wonder if it was just when Fabinho got injured, Henderson's relaxed now knowing that's not his position and he dropped into him and was like, I'm going to give more of what I give going forward here now because I know I can do both, yeah. I can do both and, and, and he had more confidence to do that. And I wondered yesterday if the manager thought, well, it's only Norwich away, I can trust Jordan in that position. We don't essentially need Fabinho playing that position. But I think for Atletico, I think given like the rest he had yesterday, I think Fabinho definitely starts and I'd go with that. He's not going to drop the captain, and, and and he's right not to. But you mentioned two being unhappy on the bench. There could be more because Milner's got an argument and, and a case to make that. Listen, I know he's had an injury, so do you want to drop him in that? But Milner had argued, I haven't had minutes in my legs, never had football, so I'm, I'm as fresh as anyone to come in. And I mean, I mean if James Milner started, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against the someone that you trust. I mean, Kaiser, Kaiser brings a lot to the team, but and it's unpopular with some people. I'm still not exactly sure on him, especially in a game like that. In terms of, do, do you trust them to? One stay injury free throughout an intense game like that. The Barcelona away starts brilliantly last year, and then he goes off. and And I know it's unlucky and it's harsh on the lap, but then you've used the substrate away there in a really big game, an important game. Chamberlain, Chamberlain, Chamberlain's a tricky one because there was Tottenham away. I think Tottenham away comes soon after the, the Everton FA Cup one. I think I, I, I was. I think I mentioned on a show. I, I'd have gone with him. Um, 
had to go on Lalana playing Tottenham away, and he goes Chamberlain, and I think and I think you see the benefits of that because like like we've said a, a few times, there's always a goal in him. So that, and we need to score there. This is that. This is the the, the Chamberlain thing. Is is, is he, it's worth remembering the 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 way he used him in Europe in the seventeen eighteen run. The idea of him playing centre yeah. midfield, Steve, but being able to break the lines mm. and being able to strike from yeah. distance and being able to throw that little bit of doubt in opposition minds. It's all a little different. And they are, you know, you think about those options there. To be fair to the manager, and to be fair to Paddy Milner, offers something different from Kaita. Kaita mm. offers something different from Oxley Chamberlain. Oxley Chamberlain offers something different from Lallana. Lallana offers something a little different from Wijnaldum it sort of goes on I'd be really surprised if Fabinho and Henderson don't start mm. it, it is that other one I think you're right when you say it will be Wijnaldum but he has almost been able to he can choose his weapon as yeah. we pointed yeah. a little bit in a way that I think is is fascinating and given the way Atletico play there may be a surprise yeah maybe but I, I'd be more surprised if it wasn't to be fair I, 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 if it's not Henderson Wijnaldum and um Fabinho, I'd be very surprised if it was, it was if, there was, if the game was at home. It could be a different conversation, but I think the fact it's away, I think it's a first leg. Um, I think he'll want to go there. I don't think he'll want to go and try anything too too outrageous. I think he'll want to just keep it tight, as I said. And um, I said anyone off the bench, any three of them off the bench, he's always he's got the uses. Uh, you know, you know, when Milner is, is probably the best best sub in the league at the moment. If you know anything, anything showing up, and you want or you want to just keep keep hold of the ball a bit more and make things a bit tight, then Milner comes on. If you need some pick a lock, then you've got Slade Chamberlain, or you've got Keita, who's a little bit different to him as well. So uh, I think he'll go with the, the, the tried and tested, and I think he'll have the options off the bench. Just to bring it back to your original question, your original point, Neil, I don't think anyone's in the mind frame of feeling hard done by at the moment either, you know. I don't think I think I don't think it's how, it, how it's going at the moment. I think that like we're describing here, they can pick a lock, they can do this, they can show things mm. up if it's getting a bit chaotic. Well, they all understand that that's what they're there for. And they all know they've got a role to play between now and the end of May. It's mm. it, it's it's, it's not the, the the end of the world. No one, I don't think any of them are mm. thinking, I'm being hard done by you. Uh, all right. Uh, obviously, the front three is the front three and the back four is the back four. We'd all be really surprised if anything's different uh, across the board there. And there's six days uh, until the West Ham game. Um, just quickly on that, before we have a tiny little chat about the Manchester City thing, predictions for the game. Um, I'm expecting a lot of Roberto Firmino mm-hmm. uh, in the fact that he now only scores big goals in big games, especially away from home. But you know, he, he might disappoint for once, uh, Paddy. Um, so I haven't, I haven't even thought about it much to be honest. And I mean, I'm going tomorrow's, but I don't know. <laughs> you might want to start thinking yeah. about it. You know, <laughs> no, I, be packed. One nil Liverpool. One go. One nil Liverpool. I'd love that. Yeah, I'll, I'll spite you on the full day for that. Um, I, I think, yeah, I, I fancy to go there and get a result. I do. I, th- I think it'll be 1-0, 2-1. I think it'll be a good game. Siobhan? Well, I was going to say 1-0 and then 2-1 once Paddy had said 1-0. So I'm just going to... You're not going to say 3-2, are you? No. <laughs> no. Doesn't feel like 3-2 to me. No, this. I can't be doing with 3-2. I've got two days to go at that point. Um, 1-0 or 2-1. I'm going to completely just... Go with that one. One nil or two one. Uh, the other thing that's sort of broken, we've, we're going to be doing a few little bits on it uh, across the next few days, including the weekend of show, uh, which will be out on Friday. Um, is the the Manchester City FFP thing, and obviously there's one sense in which it is hysterically funny, uh, and that's allowed. You know, let's also remember that we get to laugh at football. Uh, we haven't got to be remarkably po-faced about everything. But the flip side is, uh, Paddy, you know, there's talk of retrospective titles and all of this sort of stuff. I don't think anyone around this table would want that, even from a Liverpool point of view, and maybe it's because of where we are now. But I don't think it is. I think that one of the things that should be said now about this Liverpool team with this news is that this is a Manchester City side. who have got one of the greatest managers of all time who've built this side in a way which, you know, there are legitimate question marks about without getting too stuck into it all. And Liverpool have destroyed them over the course of last season and into this season. Liverpool have eroded them down to a little broken nub and we deserve <laughs> we deserve an unbelievable amount of credit for that as a football team and a football club. Yeah, I mean, you can make a case, especially with this news coming out, that Liverpool essentially have kept up with a side that's been cheating. Mm. For the, for the best part of, I mean, we're, get, we're getting on two years now. If it's back in the 17 18, we're the first team to beat them in that January, and then we knocked them out of Europe, and then last season we keep pace with them, keep pace with them, and then finished a mere one point behind them. And then this season we've, we've blown them away, and it's the biggest credit to this Liverpool side, and also, and also the club. And I'm critical of the club at times, I've been critical of the owners, but I mean, Klopp's comments yesterday were interesting when he was he essentially looked at it, the human side of. Yeah. There's a manager here who's, who's really good and puts a lot of time and effort and work into these players and there's players who train every day and, and went on an incredible run last year to win a league title and, and are doing it absolutely and giving it all and it's not their fault that they've been told one thing from the top and 
that's not essentially what's what's panned out. And I think say what you want about our club and how the owners and and they can always do things better and 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 you can talk about that it's a completely other show, but you get the sense that I mean it's spoken a lot about at the minute that, you know, we're all united as one club and from top to bottom and Klopp plays a very big role in everything that goes on and, and is aware of everything. You could just I mean you have got to be careful because like you said, Siobhan, that this could be going on at other clubs mm. but you would be very surprised if this was the case at Liverpool because you get the sense that we're not cutting corners, we're doing everything right and and we're being rewarded for that on the pitch with an incredible group of players and an incredible manager. It's The manager's comments I think are really interesting. Um, I feel for Pep and the players, uh, they did for sure nothing wrong. They just played football and sensational football, wherever Pep's been, he's helped each league to improve. There's something stay in this where genuinely, you know, stuff like and I still don't think City got the credit for the, what the run they put in at the end of mm-hmm. last season. I say this all the time. I'm probably boring for people and certainly people who are determined to hate them. I'm most definitely not determined to hate Manchester City. But Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva drag them mm-hmm. to many of those victories at the end of last season. The legs have gone. They put in what they put in the season before. And those players, at that point, the FFP stuff doesn't matter. No. It's mm. footballers on the pitch. And also for those lads who are play, paying through the gate, those, those lads and girls who support Manchester City who are paying through the gate, we can do all the stuff about City supporters on Twitter or certain journalists who write for certain papers around the Manchester City point. But the fact of the matter is there, there's paying customers mm. going through, cheering the team on, emotionally feeling like they've, they've won the league. Mm. And that shouldn't be taken from them as far as I'm concerned, ever. No, I, I can't disagree. I really liked uh, Jürgen's comments on that, looking at the human side of things. Obviously, as, as fans, there will always be like the, the one-upmanship and the, and the banter and all that kind of nonsense. Which, which drives you mental but um, as, as as a football team I, I watched them a lot last year because I was just waiting for them hoping, praying they were going to slip up and, and it, it, honestly you know, the amount of times they broke my heart was unbelievable and, all, and you just got to drop your cap and say a, a phenomenal football team though, what they achieved the season before being the first team to get 100 points again probably up until this season the best football side I've seen playing in the Premier League Um but but you know at the end of the day the rules are the rules and however they've got the if there's rules being breached and broken um, then it, it's a it's it's a very strong stance stance to take for you like for it being be interesting to see if they if they follow through and hold the nerve and and, and it sticks so um, as I said I, I want to hear more more concrete facts from people there just needs to be a lot of uh, hot air and noise from from people who think you know what the tournament was at the moment so uh, as I said be interested to see how it pans out it's one where Siobhan any. Any punishment that, that happens now, the UEFA one set up, they're still under investigation from the FA and from FIFA. Mm. But any punishment, I think, has got to be, it's got to be going forward. For me, the retrospective stuff is, is pointless because you, 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 you can't change, you can't change the way football matches felt. And I think that that's the thing that I, and, and, and I don't like, and I, you know, when I see it going on, trying to pour score, as I say, on, you, you know, you pay through the gate, you support Manchester City, mm. you watch them win this game, that game, that game. You shouldn't have someone who now tries to act like that never happened. Mm. It did happen. They won those games of football. So any punishment's got to be going forward, not going backwards. Definitely. And you can't be being incredulous about, oh, but they did it. They were cheating. It, <clears throat> it's totally different from, as a fan. The, the, the big wigs in the office cheating compared to the players on the pitch cheating. They did what they did in absolute best faith, the lads on the pitch. So you can't take that away from them. It's, it would be hollow for any other teams to benefit from it. It would be... And, he, you know, they, they were saying about... Um, what, what season was it? Where there was potentially a, a hashtag tainted title that would have to be given to someone else. Like, the complications that would go into that and the empty victory that would be... All Liverpool fans will say right now... like. This is how this is at this was the right time for Liverpool to win their first league in, in so many years. This was it for it to be this like this puny, like, oh, let's go back and take it off them and give it to them. It's pathetic. It's absolutely and just talk of this at the, the Aguero yeah. one being one that gets taken away. Behave well, that, and on that though, there's that one, but also Paddy, you think about for instance, a season like 17 18, United come second. But what happens is that sides like Liverpool and Tottenham decide to put the resources somewhere else yeah. because the City go on and get 100 points. United under Mourinho are just trying to slog it out. They're not getting anywhere in Europe, really. They might not even be in the Champions League the that terrible season. Terrible runners-up. Yeah, the terrible runners-up. But yeah. they get 80-odd points and they, you know, they put them on the ball. But it's almost like Liverpool decide to try and win the, the European Cup in Kiev. Yeah. That, the, the point is you can't change mm. that. That Liverpool make that sporting decision in February. You can't now go, oh, well, then United were the second-best team in the country because they, broadly speaking, weren't. They probably yeah. weren't even the fourth-best, mm. if yeah. we're honest about it but they go and get the results because everyone else has got different targets yeah and, and, it, and it, that, that's absolutely true but it's also like I, I don't 
if you asked anyone being an absolutely honest, I don't know who wants these titles. I mean, throughout my life supporting Liverpool, all I've ever wanted was to see Liverpool win the league and it was always drilled into me as a kid, number 19, 19, 19. We get like 21 this year now because we get two from... Like, I'll have no connection to that on a, on any level. I'll just be a bit like, well, when I was 16 and I was broken hearted in 2013, 2014... 16-year-old Paddy Fitz isn't, isn't benefiting from that at all. <laughs> he's, he's still absolutely gutted. If, like, last year's me is still absolutely gutted. And also, like, if you want to be romantic about football and things, winning the title this year will be so sweet because it's all part of one big story. I mean, you can stretch it from when Klopp comes in or you can, set, you can, set, you can mark it from wherever you want. You can mark it from... 1990 if you yeah, want. Yeah, even I've, I've said before, that I think the best thing about winning the league this season is what I, what I love so much about it is, is we're running away with it. But games like yesterday are great because we're running away with it, but every, but it's still feeling like a cup final. Mm. And I, I remember fearing, like not fearing, because all I've ever wanted is to see Liverpool win the league. But wondering if, if, well, if we do run away with it, will it, will it still mean as much to me? And I remember thinking, like, oh, well, if we run away with it, we won't get an, um, a Southampton away, which was after Ladies' Day last year when me and my mate went into town and we seen, <laughs> us, and, it, and it felt like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. And will you get a Tottenham at home or a Chelsea at home where Salah bangs running? You're like, oh, you bounce out the ground thinking, oh my god, we're going to win the league. Will you get that if, like, we're 20-odd points clear, but we're still managing to get that, and it's all part of one big story, because Southampton away last year means so much this year, because it's yeah. felt like a two-season-long thing, so yeah. I don't know who wants this thing, if you ask them honestly, and I can't see it happening, because we've mentioned before about the complications of, well, City took points off sides that season, who went down, and they've lost money and not come back up since, and how do you ever repay that you can give Liverpool a, a title for 2013-14, but Cardiff, who went that down last year and have only come up once since well, what are they getting forward and things so it's not going to happen and, and, and any action taken is going to be on forward but it will be interesting to see what the Premier League do or anyone in this country because you, you have got to act on something whatever that may be there's got to be something that, that the Premier League look at as I said I, I can't see them like, bringing up like, bringing back Brendan and, and yeah. Raheem Sterling to lift the lift, lift, so lift, lift, yeah, yeah. them come back I mean, my dad I said if they did something like that the, the can of worms would be open would just go on forever the, the complications would just last it would it'd just be nonsense so, so anything as you say that gets done has to be moving forward so the Premier League will have to, will have to do something I think they'll be under pressure to look at look at doing, to doing something because obviously again if, if rules have been broken then punishment must be distal. Um, all right then. Uh, thank you very much uh, to everyone who's coming on this Sunday uh, to have a chat about the mighty boys in red who are on the march. Um, I'm not quite at the point on these shows where I'm going to ask everyone to tell me when they think we're going to win it. Uh, that's going to start in the next couple of weeks. We're going to start. When do you think we're going to win it? Watch. Uh, go on. You you look poised. No, well, I've, I've had a touch to be honest, with this coronavirus because uh, we were meant to go to Thailand on uh, the 12th of March. I was away for Everton on his way for Palace. But we changed the dates now because obviously everyone's just getting ill. So we're now going away in October. So all I'm doing is going away to the Scottish Highlands now for the week on the international break. It's just worked out perfectly. So you're, so you're just free and easy now. I'm, no I'm pressure made, whatsoever. Whatever you want to be, lads, you crack on. Uh, excellent stuff. I've been for months now. So <laughs> back, give me something to, to yeah. smile about. I've written two schedules for people in work who've been trying to figure out when they can go away with their fellas. So then well, they said, what, what, what's our then? safety weekends? And I'm like, we can't do then. Which weekends is it not likely to be? What is the? he not likely to be fuming at me if we go? International break. Weekend? You've just got to say international break ends in March. Last week in March. There was, there That's was a all reason why I'd be after April and before June. Oh, Don't even get me started now. on it. I know. <laughs> you can't. This is no way to live, isn't it? Annual leave. This is no way to live. I'm not going to ask you. So, but but this is a warning for people who are coming on future shows. You're going to start to get asked when do you think it's going to happen. The most important things. It just happens literally whilst Liverpool play because I want to watch what those footballers do. I want to see what Virgil. Van Dijk does. I want to see what Jordan Henderson does. I want to see what Sadio Mane does. Sports Social Podcast Network.